fair, I did go to Belize recently without having any idea where Belize was. Mm, okay. I was like, it's south. You went to a, you went to another place without knowing where it was. Yeah, I okay. didn't look it up. That's an interesting choice. There were cheap choice. flights and cheap hotels, and it sounded nice. So I still feel like I'd look at a map. Yeah, I was busy. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Well, hey friends, welcome back to another week at the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we are taking our faith beyond Sunday, but not before looking at a map. Uh, that's mm. yeah. We take our faith after we've looked at the map. Uh, so, hey, uh, with me, as always, is Elise McCarter. Still here, still pretty successful. And I didn't introduce myself. This is mm-hmm. Pastor David Bowser. Not here, still uh, at home with his new son, is Patrick Nazaroff. We are, you know, continuing to be moderately jealous, but also glad that we don't have a new baby I, in our house. I'm not Houses, jealous. I should say. Yeah, I'm homes. very happy for them, and yeah. I am not one bit jealous. <laughs> sure, but, you know, four weeks at home sounds kind of nice. Oh, no. No? Okay. No. All right. I've well. got, like, I can do two days, and I'm like... I need to leave. <laughs> how, how about four weeks in a country that you don't know where it is? That could be okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. We'll, depends, we'll take that. Yeah. So maybe Patrick's in a mysterious country. I don't know. Maybe. He's certainly working without a map because that's what parenting is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exploring uncharted territories without a map. True. But hey, we are uh, here on Labor Day of all days. Well, this episode is coming out on Labor Day. <laughs> Today's not I Labor was Day. Like, wow, <laughs> I didn't look at a calendar either. <laughs> no, this episode is coming out on Labor Day, which means it is the first Monday of a month, which means we're back in the Bible for um, continuing in our the Bible. Uh, Bible series. Uh, we have uh, completed the narrative portions, as you might remember, with our Revelation podcast last month, uh, which I think was a lot of fun. I had a good time yeah, on Revelation. Um, so now we're backtracking just a little bit, and we're going to dive into some of Paul's letters and yeah. talking about uh, what that looks like, because it comprises quite a bit of the New Testament. Uh, writings of Paul and other uh, other letters by yep. other authors. So we're going to get into what that looks like today, uh, starting with the letter to the Galatians. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert, it's less weird than Revelation. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Although... Equally important, right. perhaps more important, right. or more influential anyway, right. but uh, by, yeah, less weird. By my research that I did, it is... Yeah. About circumcision. It is about circumcision. Spe- yeah. Spirit. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's still a little... Lots of great stuff. Yeah. No dragons. No dragons. Yeah, no no an, beasts emerging out of the water. That was an author oversight, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> it's like, I forgot the dragon. <laughs> we'll take it up with Paul. Yeah. We'll get to we'll get to that in a little bit though. But uh, uh, first, I think at least you have a new story for I us. Do. If you have not lost a lung, if you can still uh, <laughs> do that you. for us. Yeah. Thank you. Um yeah. So Mikhail Gorbachev's nineteen ninety eight. Mikhail Gorbachev. His 1998 Pizza Hut ad resurfaces after what? his death. He yes. Had, he had a Pizza Hut ad? And, okay. He did. And right. boy, we is should, it a doozy. We, should we preface who Mikhail Gorbachev was for we should. our listeners? Yeah. We should. I w- would like to say that I was not a child of the 80s, so I was sure. unaware of who this guy was until I found this news I mean, article. But you took a history class at some point, right? That's, nah, okay. That was uh, <laughs> you didn't do it. All right, never mind. That's Hitler. another conversation. Yeah. We hit Hitler. Oh, and, okay. You know, was, <laughs> we hit the big three. Right, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of murky in between that and uh, George Bush, honestly. Right. Um, anyway, so I take our listeners' uh, experience very seriously. Did that sound right? That sound I don't right? know what you were trying to okay. say, so I don't know if it was tried okay. or not. <laughs> so I did. I did some research on who. Oh, okay. Who was Mikhail, Mikhail Gorbachev? Mikhail. Who was he? Uh, and he is the last leader of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. most famous for bringing down the Iron Curtain. Yeah. 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 The, he, the Mr. Gorbachev bring down that wall. Yeah, that's that Gorbachev. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because um, there's so, a lot of Gorbachevs. You know, more Gorbachevs than a Russian phone book, as goes the saying. So this, I don't think that's the that's saying. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it <laughs> nice. is that Gorbachev that we're talking right. about. 
And that's only not racist because they're usually white in <laughs> Russia too. So sneaking <laughs> by by the skin of my teeth. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. <clears throat> so he died yesterday, um, and uh, from a prolonged illness, which I think is code that for is... Putin saw him as a threat. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it was reported by um, Russian news outlets. Anyway, so Tuesday. So m- Mr. Gorbachev died. He did. But he's famous for bringing down the Berlin Wall and N- and being the last leader of the Soviet Union. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, Tuesday's death of Mikhail Sergeyevich Gorbachev. That's definitely it. That's yep. it. Mm-hmm. The Soviet Union's last leader is bringing new attention to his accomplishments okay. and his 1998 Pizza Hut commercial. Was this a United States Pizza Hut commercial or was this like capitalism comes to Russia and yeah. he does a... Oh, no. It aired worldwide. Oh, wow. I am so sad that I missed this. Except for Russia. Oh, this is fascinating. And it's filmed in Russia, too. Anyway, so after the end of the Cold War, the former Russian leader chose to sell hot pizza as a way to raise money for a research foundation. Obviously. <laughs> what else are you going to do? He said, I'm in the process of creating a library. <laughs> <laughs> this wait, is a quote. Wait, I'm not allowed to say more Gorbachev's <laughs> than sorry. a Russian phone book. I'm sorry. I'm getting out of hand. Um, and this, he's in the process of creating a library, and this project requires certain funds. Library sure. quotes, I feel like, I don't know. It's Russia. Who knows? Anyway, so this gave impetus to Russia and to the whole world. It's very important that everything that happened be preserved in these two centers. And so he turned to Pizza Hut. Yeah. While Gorbachev didn't confirm how much he was paid, sources claimed he was reportedly paid nearly $1 million to do the advertisement. Okay. <clears throat> the By commercial, Pizza Hut. which shows him dining at a Pizza Hut with his granddaughter, Anastasia. Obviously. Debuted all over the world. However, in Russia, Gorbachev was still unpopular at the time and the hmm. ad was not aired despite it being filmed in Moscow. Negotiations between Pizza Hut and Gorbachev took a bit of time because while he was willing to take sure. the dough for the ad, uh? he said "niet" to eating the pizza on camera, according to reports. Wow. <clears throat> so that's why they cast his granddaughter, who, by the way, has a bowl cut in this commercial. Well, sure. It was 1998. That mm, was very right. in. Who willingly chowed down on a slice to appease Pizza Hut executives. I'll say I was 12 years old in 1998. I feel like I probably saw this commercial. You probably did. And I probably had no idea who Mikhail Gorbachev was. So probably didn't know right. what was happening. And yeah. we should pause and watch this after we're done with this news story because you need to experience this commercial. I feel okay, like so it's everything that's strange about the 90s. Go, <laughs> listeners, go ahead and pause the podcast right yes. now. Go Google <coughs> Mikhail Gorbachev. Spell that on your own. Good luck. Right. Uh, Pizza Hut commercial yes. and then come back. Right. Yeah. All uh, right. You're back. Here we go. We're yeah. back. Anyway, so... Gorbachev and his wife, Risa, initially feared doing commercials would harm his reputation. Sure. I often Because as the myself. last leader of the Soviet Union, obviously, yeah, I mean, you're worried control. about That's... Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> it is, of all, of all the, you know, capitalistic icons that he could go after, Pizza Hut is an interesting choice. Like, well, he... I would have gone for, like, Burger King. Right, you know, it's got that imperial feel to it. it like does. that makes sense to me. McDonald's, yeah. though, that's Burger King is like a poor man's McDonald's. I mean, I get that, but it has King in the name. That's what I was going oh, for. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he did end up also doing a magazine ad for Louis Vuitton, where he's sure. sitting in a fancy car next to parts of the Berlin Wall. So, obviously, uh, yeah. my college had the largest single piece of the Berlin Wall anywhere in the United States. Really? Mm-hmm. How did they? Uh, how did they get that? Uh, I don't remember exactly how, but it was like on permanent loan from some thi- from some foundation or whatever. And like lots of other places have larger pieces put together to have yeah. a larger composite piece. <laughs> sure, but technically speaking, but ours is like one, th- and so it's like We've a got the biggest piece. It's like yeah. all, you know, floor yeah. to ceiling, and like right. I don't know, five feet wide. It's the largest this single is Ohio? chunk. Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, industrialism, capital university, yeah. bastions of industrialism. 
Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. I said, oh, we love that wall. I mean, it's a, Lutheran, <laughs> it's a Lutheran school in Germany and heritage and stuff. I don't sure. Know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Mikael in his Pizza Hut. Yes. Look it up, please. Please do. We do will, you want to watch it? Uh, we'll do that at another time. Okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into <laughs> Galatians, shall let's we? Let's do it. Galatia, not that far from Russia, certainly closer than we are. Well, uh, I haven't so looked at a map, so. Not near Belize. I would not I'll know. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> or Guyana. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's start uh, with Paul. What do, you, what do you remember about Paul? We've talked about Paul, Paul before. Yes. Paul, what, uh, do we, what do we remember? Paul, sort of infamous persecutor of the early Christians, um, was a boy and present at the stoning of Stephen, I nice. think, right? Nailing it. Held somebody's coat. Imagine that's probably how he Lot, got involved. Lots of someone's coats, in, yeah. He, yeah. Held, he held all the coats of right. those who were stoning Stephen, right. yeah. So that was sort of his intro coat, to, coat boy. to making martyrs out of people, I guess. You know, <laughs> tale as old as time. Everybody needs a hobby. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I held some guy's coats and then I became a persecutor right. of the church, you know, as yep. it goes. Slippery slope. Yeah. Um, so he then had a conversion experience sure. on the road to Damascus. You're crushing it. I this am is, crushing it. Is, you can also go back to really our uh, our Acts podcast if you'd like more uh, details on those stories. Yes. But yep, those are absolutely uh, both there. I was blinded for a time, yep. went and sought out this guy that was a Christian and sort of in hiding, I think. Yeah, because... Um, because this guy Paul was coming, so all the Christians were kind of in right. hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so ended up staying with him for a bit. Mm -hmm. Got his sight back and sort of had a new take on Christianity after that. Um, yeah, we'd call became, it a conversion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to use like more like accessible language. Thank you. But but like a new take on Christianity is like, hey guys, <laughs> what if we? <laughs> What if we change the time right. of the service? I guess <laughs> I see. Like he was already a Jew, right? So yeah. like at that point in time, was it really a conversion or was it a Hmm. So a, he he was it a was, difference in philosophy. It like. was a conversion to Jesus as the Messiah, right. right? And so the question would be that for Jews at the time, they did not they saw Jesus as a <laughs> Jewish rabbi, maybe even mm -hmm. a good Jewish rabbi, but not the Messiah, not the fulfillment of these prophecies. Right. And so he was persecuting people because the they were all uh, distracting from the uh, from the fact that the Messiah had not yet come, right? right? And and so the conversion is to hearing Jesus. Oh no, Jesus is the Messiah. That would right. that would be the conversion. Okay. Anyway, so he was converted. Yeah. <laughs> he had a conversion experience sure. um, and then turned into really I guess the first major missionary that we have mm -hmm. in the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it goes on several journeys uh, all around, uh, kind of expanding circles uh, mm -hmm. from uh, Jerusalem, mm -hmm. um, eventually gets arrested and goes to Rome. Um, yeah. But while he's doing those missionary journeys, uh, he writes all sorts of letters. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, because there's not email. There's not, uh, you know, a news radio show. There's not even, like, a place where he just plants himself. Like, his, Paul's vision, not like he had a vision, but Paul's mm -hmm. like vision for the church was I'm going to go from place to place to place mm -hmm. so that as many pe people as possible have the opportunity to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to stay here. <laughs> I'm not going to build a church. I'm going to gather up a group of people, uh, equip them, and they're going to be the church. And then I'm going to leave and they're going to keep doing this thing. And I'm going to go on to some other place because that other place needs to hear about Jesus. And then I'm going to do the same thing over and over and over. Um, because again, we've talked about this a little bit before, right? But the assumption of the early church was Jesus is coming back real soon. Mm -hmm. And so especially in some of Paul's earlier letters, we'll hear kind of this urgency uh, rooted in this idea of like, we got to get as many people to know about Jesus as fast as possible because right. oh, it could be tomorrow. Right. And we don't want people to not know about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It womp wasn't. Womp. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that, that was you yeah. know, part of the motive. So, right. um, so these letters are one of the ways that Paul does this. And so we have lots of letters uh, throughout the New Testament. Um, many of them, most of the letters that we have are written by Paul. Um, but the letters are very distinct from 
other portions of scripture that we have. So I want us to talk a little bit about uh, <laughs> just kind of the letters, the form that they take and you know why they're so unique yeah. uh, when we look at the story. So we've read through uh, most of the Old Testament and we have a lot of a narrative, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, storytelling, a lot yep. of uh, recollection of history and things that have happened there. Um, all of that kind of I would say it's uh, persuasive in a way, right? It's intended mm-hmm. to uh, convey a particular message, um, but it's not necessarily written to one audience, right? Right. Uh, particularly the Old Testament, it's written to the Israelite people, right. but it doesn't say like, oh, this community, I'm addressing this issue. It's like yeah. broadly, how does how does God functioning in it's the world? Almost like sense? an oral history, right? Yeah. In yeah. that way that's been recorded. Yeah, so. absolutely. And then a similar thing with uh, the words of the prophets, mm-hmm. right? And the prophets had very pointed messages for uh, religious leaders or for particular uh, groups. But again, it was a, a broader audience, right? Mm-hmm. The the nation of Israel was uh, kind of always where we were going there. Um, versus the letters, which are written to very specific mm-hmm. communities uh, and often addressing very specific issues at right. hand, uh, which is really interesting to read because Paul gets really detailed at times about um, addressing particular practical matters of how do we function as a community Mm -hmm. together. You know, if we're trying to follow Jesus, how do we function as a community together? The problem comes in extrapolating out uh, (laughs) those scenarios to other scenarios, right? Right. Because uh, what we find when we read all of Paul's letters together is that Paul's advice Mm -hmm. and suggestions and instructions even for one community doesn't always line up with his instructions for another community because... (laughs) communities are unique right and there are there are there are universals there are things that paul says this is this is something everybody should be doing right nobody should be getting drunk at communion that's that's a (laughs) thing everybody you know we had to say it uh right right? uh that's the thing that everybody should be on board with this um but like you know uh women uh, wearing head coverings is addressed in one community as and is not addressed in other communities uh female leadership is addressed in one community and then uh as kind of a negative and then lifted up and praised in other communities Right. right and so it's, it's intentionally specific to the situations that are happening in the communities. Right. Also, we only get one side of it, right? So there, yeah. it's theoretically, there was probably a correspondence to him mm-hmm. from whatever community that he's addressing. And then we only get his response to them. Yeah. So it can get kind of hairy to figure out, like, what is he actually talking about? Right. You know? And I think that's one of the biggest things that we forget about these letters mm-hmm. is that they are, they are letters and they are a part of the conversation. Um, you know, at some point we'll probably do an episode on first uh, and second Corinthians. Um, but we think that what we call first Corinthians is probably at least Paul's second letter to the church. We don't have the first and there's probably at least one response because in first Corinthians, Paul addresses like, as you said this, you know, and then we, and he like, he's clearly addressing things yeah. that they've already said. And then we think that's what we call second Corinthians is actually a combination of two, even three uh, different letters that have been like put together into this like greatest hits of what Paul said to the Corinthians kind of version. Yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely something for us a to lot of help. Yeah. Oh man, when we get to Corinthians, <laughs> they were the ones who were drunk at the Lord's Supper. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of all the things you could do, that one's fairly mild. I don't yeah, know, but still not great. Not right? great. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. But we weren't like mowing people down in the streets. Well, they didn't know. have cars, so that helped. That's <laughs> horses. <laughs> swords perhaps sure yeah i mean it's true yeah he they did not they were not killing people <laughs> at will right in the streets. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um all right so then we can also uh, date these letters in ways that we couldn't we can't necessarily date other uh pieces of scripture right so mm-hmm. like the gospels are all talking about a particular period of time 
but not the period of time that they're written in. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul is writing about the time that he's living in. So we can use events that Paul references, um, both in his own life and in uh, sources that we uh, counter-reference with other parts of Scripture or with other uh, historical documents to kind of figure out, oh, well, this might have been written about here. This might have been written about here. It's not an exact science. Paul doesn't say, you know, on this day in the year of 44 or whatever, <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's not how they were counting years at the time. Um, so Paul doesn't say anything like that, but we can use those references to kind of get a sense of the date. Um, the letters are very relational, right? The Gospels mm-hmm. uh, don't necessarily assume that they have a relationship with you. They're writing to people who they want to convince to believe in Jesus. Um, but Paul is saying, I have a relationship with virtually every community that he writes to except the romans which is a fascinating uh, story as well we'll get to that later Um, but every community uh, otherwise that paul writes to he has been a part of or traveled to or visited often he references people that he knows there right uh, right? and it's it's a relational experience that's happening it's not just a a voice coming out of the the sky um saying hey you over there you should be doing it like this and then moving on it's somebody that we have that relationship going for there and it (laughs) assumes faith in jesus right by and large, the letters are not written to convince you that Jesus is Lord. Right. The letters are written to people who already believe that Jesus right. is Lord. Right. And what do we do uh, when that's a, a reality for us? And I think yeah. that's helpful for us too, because so often, uh, I remember, I think I've talked about this on the podcast a long, long ago. Uh, but you know, when I was doing campus ministry at Ohio State, as part of my seminary training, um, there is a kind of legendary street preacher uh, who uh, was just like two blocks down from the church. And so we'd walk past him all the time when we were on campus. And he was just always shouting verses from Romans mm-hmm. as like his uh, intention of converting people to <laughs> Jesus, right? Yeah. Now, there's any number of things about this that I don't think are particularly effective. <laughs> but one of them is that Romans isn't written to convince people to believe in Jesus. Romans is written to people who already believe in Jesus right. to convince them uh, to live a certain way <coughs> and uh, actually mm. to uh, support Paul in his ongoing missionary journey. Did you seminary students call him out on that? Uh, we did not. No, we had other things to do with our time. That was <laughs> very important. Very yeah. Important people. We were very busy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so it assumes faith in Jesus. The other thing is that writing a letter in Paul's day is not like writing a letter now. All right. Like mm. you and I, I'll, let's let's just say a theory, right? Mm. Let's imagine you were writing a letter to someone today. Okay. Um, and you're actually going to, you know, pay to put a postage stamp on it and everything, right? Yeah. You're already exhausted. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> How long you figure you're going to spend on that letter? Uh. 20, 30 minutes. Maybe? Okay. To yeah. write like a note, right? right. Yeah. I yeah. get that. Uh, now let's imagine you're like, oh, I really want to uh, write some deep thoughts about uh, this political climate that we're living in. And so I'm going to, I'm going to intentionally write a, a three to five page document that I want yeah. to use to instruct how long you think you're going to spend on that it's, three to five page. Days. Yeah. days. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to like read it, over I it mean, and think yeah, about it. Yeah. 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 Oh, you plan it ahead of time. Okay. And you do your research. And yeah. yeah. So a couple days, mm-hmm. right. Is what you're going to do. Paul probably spent a couple of weeks to a couple of months on each of the letters that we have, in part because a writing was an extremely expensive and laborious process mm-hmm. at the time, right? Not everybody could write. Right. Um, not everybody could read either, but not everybody could write. And so you often uh, probably hired a scribe and you would often probably pay them either by the word or by the amount of time that it took them to do the work. And so Paul and probably his compatriots would think about, okay, we want to talk to the churches in Galatia. Uh, what do we want to say to them? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What do we want to... And they'd like plot it all out, kind of mm-hmm. like you're saying, right? They, and uh, they'd say, okay, we want to make this argument and this argument. And they'd kind of do an outline and then they'd probably call in the scribe that they're going to pay. And this might've been one of Paul's traveling companions. We're not 100% sure on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, might've been a companion, might've been someone that they hired, but they'd say, okay, uh, here's what we want to talk about. And the scribe would be taking notes and like jotting things down. And then they'd kind of do a draft mm-hmm. and they'd come back and then Paul and his companions would like make changes. And then the scribe would eventually write 
kind of a final copy. Um, and that's what would eventually get delivered. But so um, it's a really long process. Um, it's not something that would just be done overnight. Um, and then once it's delivered, this is the part that I find most fascinating about it. Um, it wasn't just like, hey, slap this in the mail and send it off, right? One of Paul's uh, companions would hand deliver this mail. And when they delivered it, they would read the letter to the congregation mm-hmm. um and maybe even kind of perform the letter like it could be because they would they would Charades. have well they would yeah. have learned paul's inflection right oh. and so they would have read it in the way that paul intended yeah. it to be read and so <laughs> and so if paul wanted them to like emphasize this point they would have yeah. done that with their voice and with their you know delivery of it because this yeah. is a very remember uh, this is like uh, greco-roman oratory right mm-hmm. so this is a very oratorical style that they were delivering this in and so they would have done that and then they also would have been available to answer questions and respond so uh, like as the letter's done the community would say well what does he mean by this which is what we're left with right, right. we get this thing we're like well, what's he mean right. and so then they would have this conversation with someone who had been there while paul was writing the letter yeah. and they would expand on what had been said in this yeah. kind of dialogue with the community and we miss all that stuff right Right. that stuff didn't get written down Um, that was part of the the oral history that was being passed down and we're left with really valuable words like i don't want to dismiss this at all we're really valuable words but a very small glimpse of Mm -hmm. the real larger process that went into writing these letters i'm just going to pause there for a second because i've been talking for a long time um (laughs) yeah so Generally, when you think of the letters that Paul is mm-hmm. uh, writing and the, and the letters that I'm sure that you've read throughout, uh, you know, your time of just being in church, right? You've right. heard these letters. Right. Um, how does that kind of history of the letter transmission process play into how you think we understand letters and how we've uh, used them in the church? So I think that that specific to the way that we have understood it at large just mm-hmm. as, you know, a civilian in church. I think it does not because yeah. I think we do not understand it. Yeah. I think we, you know, we're coming off of the old Testament, which is so much narrative. And then we get into the gospels, which are, you know, words of Jesus and the mm-hmm. story of Jesus, which all feels and still very narrative, very narrative. And it feels really easy to pull out like, okay, well, this is what we should do based on this is Jesus actually mm-hmm. talking to us, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of stuff. And then we go straight into the gospels and, or in straight into the letters yeah. and it's not that right. But yeah. we just pfft, right through it. That's the way it's always been treated yeah. to me. You know, it's, it's like, well, this is sort of like the same stuff and you know, women should cover their hair in church or, you know, there's no female leadership or, you know, blah, yada, yada, but it's not supposed to be that way. Right. But we don't give it that treatment of like, Oh, well this was like a town hall that they were having and we get just like the, like the minutes from the yeah. town hall, basically half of them. <laughs> yeah. a, l- a little bit more detailed than the minutes right. of the town hall. But yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's really helpful. I think that we <coughs> often treat the words of Paul uh, as if they're the words of Jesus. We do. Yeah. yeah. And it's made me real salty about Paul. Sure. Yeah. Which he um, probably doesn't deserve. He's dead. So what's he going to do about <laughs> it? What are you going to do about it? Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think Patrick has talked about this before that, mm. Um, when at the millennium, uh, time magazine or somebody did like the most influential people of all of history. Mm. And Paul was actually listed as number one. Right. Above that Jesus. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I mean, and when, yeah, when you think about it, it's because so much of our practical understanding of Jesus, mm-hmm. as well as our practical understanding of how to function as churches and thus how to form societies, because right. especially in our Western world, um, you know, so much of our society has been rooted in this understanding of how right. we're supposed to function as churches. Yeah. Um, comes from Paul, right? right? And so our our theology is deeply influenced by Paul, especially Mm -hmm. our Lutheran theology, deeply influenced by Paul, as we'll get into a little bit uh, here in the Galatians conversation. Um, So it's incredibly powerful, but Paul was not 
Jesus. Right. And the words of Paul, I don't think Paul meant his words to be equated with right. Jesus. Uh, I don't think that was his intention. I do think that it's uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I think it's scripture. I think there's a uh, power for the spirit to move through and uh, encourage and inspire and move us forward. Right. All of that is true. Um, but I think we have to be careful about how we wait. Uh, Paul's words for some yeah. other things. And I think we need to put it into a context, yeah. even more so than we do uh, than we do with the Gospels, right? Um, and so I think we need to be aware of that, which is what we want to start doing uh, as we talk about Galatians mm-hmm. a little bit and getting into some of that. Yep. So let's, uh, let's jump in here. Um, you do not know where uh, Belize is on a map. <laughs> or- <laughs> we'll just keep bringing that up. That's fine. <laughs> well, now it's funny. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so Galatia, uh, not near Belize, mm-hmm. uh, is in kind of central, what we would call modern day Turkey. Right. Okay. It's kind of like this yep. little this little mini strip in the middle of modern day Turkey. Uh, if you know where the this modern day city of Ankara is, uh, that would be in what this at uh, the time would have been called Galatia, right? So it's this little okay. region right in the middle of Turkey. Um, and so the church or the uh, the letter itself of Galatians was probably written to a group of churches, not mm-hmm. to a single congregation, but to a group of churches um, in this area. Because that was the other thing that would often happen uh, with these letters is that they'd get written to one church, and sometimes Paul would tell them, or sometimes they'd just do it on their own, but they'd share it with other churches. Right as well so it'd get like passed around right and so in this case it was like yeah it was probably to a group of churches in this area now there are two theories on when this letter might have gotten written uh we're really some of the letters we're not 100 percent sure that paul actually wrote we'll get into that later galatians no paul definitely wrote galatians we're really uh positive really on sure about it yep. the question is when did he write it okay um and did he write it uh earlier which would be between 46 and 49 um, or did he write it a little bit later which would be between like 52 and 58 so there's like a 10-year window here where we're like hmm was it before or after this? And it hinges on a conversation uh, from our Acts episode about this council uh, that happened around uh, the conversation of circumcision. This was Acts chapter 15. <laughs> and so we'll get into that later. We but had to cut that conversation short, though. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, thank you. Patrick would be proud. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the question here becomes, uh, was this was this letter to Galatia written before <laughs> or after that council? Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on which stance you take, if you think it was before, then it was probably written to churches in southern Galatia. Okay. And if it was written after, it was probably written to churches in northern Galatia, right? Okay. Which to us today Means probably, very little. probably does not make that big a difference, right? <laughs> okay. But it, it's fun information and it shows right. that I did my research. Yes, so, yes. You know, I we, want my we acknowledge you and yeah. your effort. Thank yeah. well, you. Now, what I, what I do think is important about dating this, right, is that if we remember uh, our Gospels, right, mm-hmm. and we remember when the Gospels were written, the earliest Gospel was probably written in the late 60s to early 70s. This predates the Gospels. Um, I'll have to go back and check this, but I'm pretty sure all of Paul's letters predate the gospels um, you know if if galatians is the earliest letter at the earliest date and we're looking at 46 uh as the earliest kind of possible time that yeah. galatians might have been written that's like 13 years after jesus would have been crucified yeah. if we accept you know 33 as roughly the year that jesus was crucified right that's a really fast turnaround yeah um, now it might have been a little bit later than there because paul references some other uh, timelines of like 14 years that he did this and things so let's call it 50 well okay yeah it's still within 15 to 20 years of Jesus. Right. Uh, it's a really, it's a really tight uh, window. Yeah. And so I, I think that's helpful for us to remember that the gospels tell a very important story, but they tell it from a much later perspective of people who have heard the story from other people. Um, Paul, as he will make clear here in a little bit in Galatians is uh, telling people the story that he heard himself from the resurrected Christ that appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. Um, but also within the time frame that, you know, people who had walked with Jesus were still very much alive. Right. Um, you know, Paul will talk about his encounter with Peter 
Uh, and he means the Peter that was with Jesus, right? right. That was the, the, the Peter that we're yeah. talking about here. And so uh, I just think that's helpful for us to yeah. chronologically place this in the right. story. Because <laughs> if, if we were doing a timeline of the Bible, uh, or if we were, rather, if yeah. we we're putting all the books in a time uh, chronological order, you'd have the end of the Old Testament, and then you would do all of Paul's letters, and then you would do the Gospels, and then you'd do Revelation. Yeah. Now, it doesn't make sense to yeah. read it that way, because you have to believe the Gospels in order for Paul's letters to make sense. But right. that would be a chronological way to do yeah, it. Yeah, interesting. The books, oh, this should also just be said, the books of Paul's letters are arranged by length, not by like chronology or topic or anything like that. It's like we said, oh, this is the longest one. Let's put it first. And then we worked our way shorter and shorter. Interesting. So, yeah, that's just fun Bible Tactic, trivia for you. Yeah. If you're like, why is Galatians like fifth if it's right. <laughs> the first right. letter written? That's why. Right. Um, okay. So written to a group of churches in Galatians. Follows a standard form of a letter, right? So you got mm-hmm. a greeting. Um, this is the part that you almost always hear at the beginning where Paul like says, hey, it's me. And right. I'm writing to these people. Right. And grace and peace to you and all right. that stuff, right? You've probably heard uh, those letters before, mm-hmm. that, that way of introducing things. Some people have taken that as like a way to introduce sermons now. And so some preachers will always start their sermons by saying, grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then they'll mm-hmm. go into their sermon. They steal that from Paul. Um, Plagiarism. Thieves. Right. That's why I don't do it. Right. I'm not a plagiarizer. No original thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then we get into the body of the letter, right? And uh-huh. have, you know, usually one, sometimes multiple uh, principal arguments. Um, in Galatians, <laughs> there's going to be one principal argument that Paul is building towards. It follows a lot of really fascinating studies of uh, uh, Greek and Roman uh, rhetorical style. Yeah. Uh, you can go down a lot of deep rabbit holes if you want to think about like debate styles and that stuff that we're having. That sounds fun. Then. I didn't I'll say it was fun. I, I just home. said you can. Yeah. I sarcasm noted thank you um and then uh there's some sort of sign off some sort of like farewell thing uh, that happens at the end um and so the uh, galatians follows that same argument now as you uh, mentioned before the central argument of galatians centers around what to circumcise or not to circumcise this is, that the, is question. the question that's, that's, as shakespeare so famously said <laughs> right. um yeah it's also about, a plagiarizer <laughs> true uh great writers borrow from other writers no wait that's wrong good writers borrow from other writers Great writers steal out, right? Yep. Which was maybe Mark Twain, but maybe he stole from somebody else, which right. just makes Who it even knows? better. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's the question of do you have to follow the Jewish law in order to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's centered on this question of right. circumcision, right? Uh, and so and that's this where is we're going to in with Peter, right? This, yeah. this dude puts ten toes on the ground and calls Peter a hypocrite. Yeah, he does. Basically, to his face via a letter via a letter performed by somebody else at a town hall to a congregation that may or may <laughs> yeah. not actually know Peter at all. Right, <laughs> but <laughs> this is the Peter that yeah. hung out with Jesus. Mm-hmm. That Paul's like the Peter, that dude. The Peter that hypocrite. Jesus says, yeah. "On you, I'm going to build my church." Right. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Paul calls him to task. Peter, Jesus said, actually I was pointing to your right. That was Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. No, Paul wasn't there at that right. point, but that's okay. Uh, he I was, was looking behind you. He was holding the coats of, yeah, anyway. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, let's, uh, <coughs> let's, we'll dive into it a little bit here. So first we get uh, his intro, right? And then we get to 1-6, which is, or chapter 1, verse 6, where we kind of begin this, uh, the body of the letter, right? The, okay. the rhetorical argument starts sure. here. Um, so uh, chapter 1, verse 6, I am astonished oh. that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Something has gone wrong right. in Galatia. <laughs> what they doing over there? Yeah, yeah. they're tur- they're turning, yeah. right? So, I mean, he'll go on to say, like, there's only one gospel, so you can't turn to another gospel, but you yeah. turn to something else that you think is a gospel. Right. And what we will find out is that they've turned to... Uh, this argument that they think, oh, we do have to be circumcised. After Paul had come through, had built this church, had said, you don't have to be. Right. Maybe, he, maybe he hadn't said it explicitly. Like right. Maybe he hadn't said, right. hey, if anybody comes and talks about circumcision, you don't have to do right. that. I, too, am astonished, Paul, that this is the thing. <laughs> 
now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I'm with you, Paul. Great. I get it. Yeah. Uh, so that's where he starts. So it's clearly something has gone <coughs> uh, gone awry. Now from mm-hmm. uh, the uh, mm-hmm. from uh, one verse eleven through two fourteen, roughly, mm-hmm. Paul's like establishing his credentials. Okay. And he's kind of like laying out like, this is who I am. This is where I came from, which right. is all stuff the Galatians should know. But Paul's like reminding like, hey, this is what happened to me. Right. right. So he gives a little bit of his call right. story of like what that conversion uh, experience was like. <laughs> I'm the OG baddie. Yeah. Gospels haven't even been written yet. Exactly. At one point, <laughs> uh, let's see, where was this? This is, uh, oh, uh, he is talking about how he uh, got the gospel from Jesus himself. Right. I didn't receive this gospel message from another human. And so it's not yeah. like, it's not like I'm taking somebody right. else's message and telling you, I got this message yeah. from Jesus himself. Right in this vision and, and so yeah. on and so forth. And that's a big deal for Paul because the people that were um, leading the Galatians astray, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, were not people who had known Jesus. We're not people right. who had uh, done this. And so we're going to get into uh, what that or what had happened with them. Um, and then uh, we work a little bit forward. Um, oh, sorry. This was important. Yeah. Okay. In Acts, you might remember Paul, Barnabas go to Jerusalem. And they have a breakup, don't they? Well, they do eventually have a breakup. Okay. This is before the breakup. Okay. This is the first missionary journey. Man, I wish we had that book. <laughs> yeah, we're still together. <laughs> um, but so yeah. uh, they go to uh, Jerusalem. And uh-huh. at the time, uh, Peter and the other apostles are mm-hmm. like, hey, this seems really great. You go out and do this missionary thing to everybody else. You go mm-hmm. do the mm-hmm. thing to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to stay here um, and continue to preach the gospel to uh, the Jews. Mm-hmm. And everybody agrees that that seems like a great idea. And Paul lays that out. He's like, look, I came to you. Because I was sent to you. The apostles agreed that this is what we were supposed to do. And then what has happened is that other people have followed up behind them, right. perhaps trying to win the apostles' favor, perhaps doing something else, but they followed up and have uh, led them astray. So Paul's super unpleased yes. with that. Yep. Um, so then we uh, fast forward a little bit to chapter two. Um, and into chapter two, uh, we get uh, verse 16 here, which is one of uh, one of Martin Luther's verses that he draws from that huh. we'll uh, get into. Um, so yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing the works of the law because no one will be justified by the works of the law. And so... It's got Luther all over it. It's got Luther all over it. Well, really, Luther has Paul all over him. Right. Um, yeah, sorry. Unfortunate choice of words. I was <laughs> trapped into the corner by my own sentence structure. I apologize. Right. Anyway, uh, so this is where Paul is setting it up, right? He's like, this is what you know is supposed to be true. And now I'm going to dismantle all the things that you thought mm-hmm. uh, you, you thought you were supposed to believe in. So that that's our foundation. We're going to do this uh, a faith through works. He then goes into this big thing about Abraham. Uh, now, what do we remember about Abraham? Um, <laughs> he's, I, I remember a lot about Abraham. Didn't mean that to be a I trick did, question. Yeah, we went way back there. We okay, did. Abraham. So Genesis. Good. Yes. <laughs> he had a wife. Yeah, Sarah. Uh-huh. There's all kinds of drama there between them two, and yep. having babies, not uh-huh. having babies. Sure, eventually have some babies. Uh-huh. Uh, God promises him that he's going to make an entire nation out of him. That's uh-huh. as numerous as the grains of sand on the yada yada, yada stars and sky. Blah blah what's blah. The, what's the sign that God gives them to designate the covenant? To do this circumcision. Circumcision. Correct. Right? Yep. So it's, Paul. It all comes back to it. It all comes back yep. to it. So Paul uses Abraham, which is the place where circumcision is instituted. Mm-hmm. And uses the story of Abraham to take down the argument that uh, people following Jesus need to be circumcised, which right. I think is just fabulous. Kind of genius. Yeah. yeah. So he, he uses this argument to say, like, look, uh, he points back to scripture to say Abraham was justified by faith, which is back in Genesis. We get that uh, God saw Abraham's faith and credited it to him as righteousness yep. is how it's phrased back yep. then. I think it's Genesis 12. Uh, we can look that up later. Um, but so Abraham, uh, and, or Paul rather, points back to that and saying it was all about faith. The circumcision was a... 
a symbol, like a, a way to kind of designate this going forward. But the law was never going uh, to be the thing that right. saved the people. That is, that has always been his argument. Similar to the way that you wear a wedding ring, right? But it, you're, whether you wear a wedding ring or yeah. not does not actually matter in terms of yeah. your actual covenant, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I take off my ring, I'm not suddenly you're not still married. married. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. A, it's a good analogy, right? It's a very good analogy. Yeah, you're welcome Bravo. for that. If only Paul had, had I a wedding know. Rings, tell <laughs> you what. Um, but yeah, and so uh, Paul's going to go on here from here. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, boy. And this one's a little loaded. <laughs> it's a little loaded. I'm going to warn you of that. What is the purpose of the law? Like, wh- Why does the law exist? Purpose of the law. Yeah, um, ten, ten Commandments, Torah. So the biblical law, not yeah. like purpose of like modern day law. Well, it, 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 plays, it plays into modern day law as well, okay. but we're specifically focused on biblical God-ordained purpose law. Purpose of biblical what's the pur- law. What's the purpose of the law? Um, purpose of the law. I'm going to say the purpose of the law is ultimately to hold up a mirror and say, you can never do this. Hold up a mirror and say to the okay. people and say you can never accomplish all of this on ah, your own. Okay, okay. Yeah. So it's it's a basically it's a short, way. Yeah, it's a way of saying you're always going to fall short. Yep. You have been deeply indoctrinated with Pauline theology. Have I? Yeah. Which is great. Which oh. uh, I mean, it just means that you're, you're <laughs> I'm so salty about him that no, that sounded bad to me. No, <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> no. It's it's but it's a part of our understanding. <laughs> Martin Luther will talk about this in the first and second mm-hmm. use and even third use of the law, yeah. which is not a part of this yeah. podcast. But uh, Paul says this. Uh, this is uh, chapter three nineteen. Why then the law? Right? He Why like, then? Why then Paul, the law? <laughs> Paul and I both love to ask questions and answer them ourselves, Great. which is yeah. maybe one of the things I love about Paul most is asking a question and then answering it. Anyway, why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, because of sins, uh, until the offspring would come uh, to whom the promise had been made, until Jesus had come, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the law exists because we were sinful to hold up a mirror and say, look, these are all the things right. that you're doing wrong. This right. And so without the law, you have no way of knowing that you're doing something wrong, right? right. If, uh, or maybe these are all the ways that things are broken right yeah and that things will you will not fix them yeah exactly so. right but if if you don't have the law you don't know that it's broken mm-hmm. right if i don't have and, and this is where you get into the question of like are there natural laws or whatever that everybody would agree is wrong mm-hmm. without this being handed down and i yeah. think at this point we're at a point where that can only be a thought experiment because there there is no human on earth that is born without some sense of a law existing right, right? so th- right. Th- that just doesn't exist but uh, in this case, Paul is saying God gave the law specifically to the Israelites is what he would be talking about here, the Ten Commandments, right? God gave the law to hold up that mirror, as you mm-hmm. were saying, to say, look, you are always going to fall short of this. Be- look at all the ways that you uh, have sinned, that you have transgressed, that you have broken this covenant, right? Um, you're always going to do that until the Messiah we call Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Until that one comes and, and accomplishes this completion of the law on your behalf. right? And so... Here's the the argument, right? We got to keep this thread going because it gets it gets weird because Paul is arguing in Greek and we're trying to read it in English and mm-hmm. we only have one side of the argument and all these things mm-hmm. that are happening, right? But so Paul says we can only be justified by faith, not through the law. The law had a purpose, and the law's purpose was to point out to you that you're never going to be justified by the law. Mm-hmm. But what the move is that Paul's going to make next is all these people who are trying to justify themselves by the law, mm. and so you can never you can only be justified by faith. The law is there to show you that you can never be justified by the law. Right. Oh, look, we're trying to justify ourselves by the law. Right. That's the that's nice. the major move that's uh, yeah. that Paul is making here. I um, mean, we get that all the way down to of uh, chapter three, verse twenty eight, which is probably one of the most famous uh, verses uh, from Galatians and maybe from uh, Paul's letters. Uh, but it says this: There is no longer uh, Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For all of you are one 
in Christ Jesus. And the principle there is, right, you've been set free from the law. Mm-hmm. The law is what ultimately divided you, right? The law is what mm-hmm. made you into Jews and Gentiles. Right. Because you were the ones who were, quote unquote, following the law. So right. you're the Jews and then you're not. Right. The law is what made you into men, male and female because right. the men had to act a certain way and the females did not. Without the law, when you're set free in Christ, all those divisions are gone. Right. Right. Because, the, I mean, this is not to say that we don't still have people who are male and people who are female and all that stuff. Right. Right. But you are no longer separated from one right. another. You're made one in Christ. Uh, I'm going to pause. Responses thus far on Paul's argument. What do we think? Are we completely lost? Are we with it? No, it I think seem, it's yeah. it's really interesting, especially interesting to me that this actually was written before the Gospels were, because yeah. to me, Jesus boils down like the law and it's very sort of subversively right and Mm -hmm. says oh the law love your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. boom Mm -hmm. you know like that's it and at the time that's really like shocking to people whose entire you know frame of the way that they live is based on this law right it's really strict law and there are people who have risen to power from upholding this law and for him to just turn it on its head like that it's really like ooh. yeah (laughs) but this predates that yeah I mean, exactly. it doesn't predate him saying that, but it predates that being really distributed widely. It predates it and probably in some ways informs the ways that the Gospels were written. Right. right. The Gospels were all written in a world in which people knew about Paul's letters. Right. And so there are probably ways in which Paul's writing about Jesus and about Jesus's teachings inform how the Gospels tell their story, mm-hmm. which is not to say that the Gospels said, well, Paul said this and we're going to say Jesus said it. Um, but I think the Gospels know, like, well, this is how we think about Jesus mm-hmm. because they're informed by Paul's thinking about Jesus. And right. so when they're hearing the stories that have been passed down to them, they're making, in some ways, I think, making it align with what they know about Jesus, right. which comes through uh, a lot of the teaching that Paul has done. I don't have, like, direct evidence <coughs> to show causation between Paul's letters and the Gospels, but I think there's definitely Makes corollary. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I think there's corollary yeah. there. Um, but let's keep going uh, with the rhetorical argument because okay. uh, it, it's picking up, right? It's, and it's, up. it's getting good. <laughs> um, if you're like, if you're reading Galatians straight through, sometimes this gets missed, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if you take the time to like break it down and, and follow, like just get a, not, not even a commentary or something, but just get a Bible that has like a brief introduction, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got one that's called the HarperCollins Study Bible. Uh, the Lutheran Study Bible is another one. Or, or you know, lots of uh, others that are called study Bibles will have like a, a little half page introduction to the letter that will kind of lay out like here's an outline of what the letter looks like. Those can be extremely helpful in following mm-hmm. Paul's rhetorical moves. Okay. Um, and so I, I just commend that to our our leaders, to list, our leaders, our oh, listeners. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any of that. So <laughs> yeah, commend that to our listeners. It, it can just be really helpful to, yeah. to track because yeah. it's easy to get lost in Paul's language because the language seems circular, right? right. And it seems like you're just going around and, sh- right. and you shake your right. head and what happened. Anyway, chapter five is where we are now. Um, Paul's kind of built up his rhetorical case. And in chapter five, he's just going to let loose. Like this is the climax of the letter. So if okay. you imagine someone delivering the letter, this is the part where they're like shouting it at the crowd, okay. right? Um, and so uh, chapter five, I'm going to listen uh, or read here. This is uh, five verses two through four. Listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Once again, I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the entire law. You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourselves off from Christ and have fallen away from grace. Hmm. Yeah. So the whole argument boils up to this point, right? And Paul's essentially telling the Galatians, any of you that have fallen into this trap are now trying to justify yourselves by the law because you're essentially saying faith in Jesus isn't enough. 
Right. So they're like, oh, faith in Jesus is really good, but ju- I'm going to get this insurance policy just right. in case. I'm going to like, I'm going to do this thing on the side. And Paul's saying, as soon as you do that, you've missed the point. Yeah. And I, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think Paul is saying that you're condemned in that. Right. Um, I don't think Paul would actually go so far as to say that that uh, removes you from the love of uh, love of Christ, because elsewhere Paul makes it very clear that that's right. not going to happen as well. Um, but I do think it's this intentional rhetorical uh, move to say this is casting aside all that Jesus has done for you. Right. You know, it's essentially like uh, a modern day equivalent might be saying like, oh well, um, <laughs> I know that uh, by faith in Jesus I'm saved, but I'm going to to get this crystal and I'm going to wear this crystal around my uh, wrist just in case, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, because we have like crystals for stuff. I don't know. <laughs> okay <laughs> that's a thing yeah. uh, this is a metaphor yeah. on the fly maybe that right. one doesn't work but yeah. um you that's know, we're, more, yeah we're trying I think to that's more of like a metaphysical like pseudoscience thing more right. than it's like and a, so we're saying like i don't know that, like i trust and faith, have faith in jesus right. but i'm also gonna like maybe do this thing out right. here because yeah. maybe i need to trust that just as like an insurance right. policy that's interesting because i hear you can't pick and choose like which parts of the law that you lean on to be exclusionary yeah. to other people. Also true. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's, I guess, circumcision is easy enough. And it's the reason they're doing that is to exclude other people. Right. Yeah. To say like, Oh, the Gentiles are not actually us. Right. Cause they won't do that thing. We are special. Yeah. That, that costs them nothing. Which right? is what Paul is probably saying. The original uh, group or not the, the, the group who came in, right. That was probably their argument, right. Mm-hmm. The, the Jews, the Jews who came into Galatia after mm-hmm. Paul and, uh, laid out this argument saying they had to be circumcised were probably yeah. either trying to win the favor of uh, the Jewish leadership uh, mm-hmm. or not the Jewish, sorry, the uh, Christian leadership uh, that were still Jews back in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. They were trying to like win their favor and be like, look, look at all these people we convinced yeah. to be circumcised. Yeah. Or they were trying to avoid persecution from the Jews. Like right. saying like, you know, if you, if you get circumcised, then we won't be persecuted for right. uh, following this guy, Jesus. Right. When Paul would say like, that's not the point. Yeah. The point is not to avoid persecution. The point is to follow Jesus right. um, boldly and faithfully. And they're distracting from yeah. that. Now this uh, gets into a whole uh, other question of, you know, why do we do circumcision now? And what, <laughs> when, what, 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 yes, any, that just not- well, what, if any religious purpose does that serve? Right. And yeah. I, that is not the topic uh, for our conversation today. Darn. Uh, yeah, I know that's <laughs> so disappointing. Another podcast, hopefully one that right. I'm sick for. Um, but uh, at any rate, yeah, me too. It's gonna be just Patrick <laughs> when he comes back from paternity leave. <laughs> Forty five minutes of Patrick shouting <laughs> into the microphone about circumcision. Sounds great. Um, yeah. So you know, there's a whole other layer of that. Uh-huh. Um, the question here is not uh, not the medical uh, uh, purpose of right. circumcision. The question is how are we using this thing of the law to try to save ourselves versus relying fully on Jesus right. to save ourselves. And Paul, in this first letter that we have of his that's sent out to the churches, is coming down heavy, heavy, heavy on saying we have faith in Jesus only. Faith is the only way that we have. Um, and that faith then sets you free, um, and that freedom then is reason to avoid self-indulgence. That's mm-hmm. where he's going to go in the rest of chapter 5. Right. And so you don't indulge in drunkenness and slander and da-da-da-da, it goes on. Right. And then he lists the fruit of the Spirit, uh, which you had talked about. Yep. Uh, mentioning, right? Yep. yep. Uh, this is a, a beautiful piece, right? Fruits of the Spirit, a love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against these things. There is no law, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's no law against doing those things because yep. they're fruits of the Spirit, and you're not going to put a law against the Spirit. Um, all really uh, valuable and important stuff. And then we get to the end of the letter because we've kind of reached our uh, rhetorical end. Paul has made his point, faith in Jesus alone. Faith in Jesus leads us to these fruits of the Spirit. That's the moves that we've made. And so Paul is going to make one kind of last uh, punch 
at the guys, uh, we assume they were guys, who had come in and uh, had tried to distract us. And this is going to be Paul, uh, chapter 6, verse 11. Uh, See what large letters I make when I am writing in my own hand. This is also how we know he probably uses scribe. Uh, There's uh, some debate over whether Paul maybe had bad eyesight or if he was just like not uh, a scribe, so he just didn't Mm -hmm. write in the same letters. Um, But there are a number of places where he talks about you know, I'm writing in my, or this right, in my own hand. Right. And that's how we know he used scribes for other things. It is those, uh, this is verse 12. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Uh, and so making one last jab, really saying mm-hmm. like, look, it's not what this is, like this is about something different. Right. It's about uh, following faith in Jesus. It's not about being uh, uh, dissuaded or persuaded in another way. And so he ends then uh, with what I think are my favorite verses of Galatians. And so I'm going to take the liberty of reading this one as well. This is okay. uh, 6, 14, and 15. This is right at the end of the letter. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. And for me, like if we're looking at extrapolating Paul's argument to today, um, that's where it comes down, right? Because we're not in a place where as Christians, we think of the circumcision as a piece of the law. And so if we're coming at it from a faith perspective, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision mean anything, right? You know, a medical decision, make it with your doctors, make it as a family, do that thing. What matters is a new creation and becoming a new creation in Christ. And that is achieved through faith alone. And, yep. you know, that's where Martin Luther picks up on, on Paul and runs with it. Um, that's where our tradition uh, in the Lutheran church has continued to run with that ball um, leading up to now. And yep. so a new creation is everything. Yep. Right? When we talk about uh, at Lord of Life, we talk about that all have life. We're talking about that new creation life, right? We're mm-hmm. talking about a life outside of uh, slavery to the law and, mm-hmm. and burden to the laws of this world and saying, like, no, we're, we're set free in Christ to live differently, to live outside of uh, the ways in which the world tells us we have to live. And so we're not bound uh we're not bound to serve other gods and we're not bound to uh, serve other creeds, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're set free from uh, all the stuff that oppresses us, whether that's wealth or beauty or uh, health or whatever, uh, anything that oppresses us, we're set free because we were a new creation in Christ. It's all right there in Paul's first letter. All from a circumcision argument. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Which which is, I think, yeah, we got time. Uh, Oh boy! <laughs> before, I going? La- before I launch into a thing, <laughs> yeah. I-, I think that's critical to Paul's success as a uh, biblical uh, letter, right? Uh-huh. You know, why do we love Paul's letters versus um, like one of the prophets? Yeah. Or why do we love Paul's letters uh, even over like uh, the letter of James or something like that? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of reasons, but I think one of them is that Paul's letters have this u- unique way of capturing a, a particular and unique argument. And then expanding on it to yeah. allow us to apply it to so broad a category, right? Yeah. We don't care about circumcision anymore. Right. Like by and large in the church, we do not care about circumcision. Right. But this little argument about circumcision applies deeply to the centrality of our belief as a church. Right. And that's, it's really powerful and it's beautiful. And like when I read Paul, I'm like, man, I wish that I had the rhetorical knowledge and gift and, and ability of this guy because he can right. just he can craft an argument. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, he can craft an argument, but he's really like just creating a bunch of straw men that he can then take down, which is not necessarily how we you know, would like to do things now. We don't right. just want to like build up a, you know, clearly bad argument in order yeah. to tear it down. But in other points, I'm like, man, this guy's, he's got game. Yeah. He knows what's up. Yeah. 
very very persuasive very influential yeah the most influential person in history arguably yeah uh, yeah according to time magazine in the year 2000 though i've tried to look up that list a number of times and i've never been able to take it it. down it's possible that patrick made it up i don't know but you know it's a good argument for a story if nothing else right other thoughts on uh this our first foray into uh paul's letters I like it. I think it's a good dipping of the toes into the water for yeah. Paul, for me. Yeah, sure. Because, you know, there's baggage there. Oh. In the, and we will get to some of yeah, the baggage. Yeah, we're going to get to it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Comes down kind of heavy on women at one point. He does. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And there's lots that we can say about Paul and like his position. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit. Like, you know, was by our standards, he would be extremely conservative. But was he progressive for the time? Right. And was it like, right. you know, yeah. we can only take it so far in this moment or, you know, there's right. lots of things that we can talk about there. But there's definitely baggage that comes with sure. it. Sure. I also think like it's been nice to have sort of a safe space to criticize mm, you absolutely. Know, influential people in the Bible as well. You know, instead of just being like, oh, well, he was this amazing man of God. Like. Yes. Yes. That can be true. And also also, this can be real messed up. David (laughs) was an amazing man of God and that did not go great. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of infamous. (laughs) I think that's like, that's the story of most of the people that we call influential people of God. Right. Is that, yeah, they were influential people of God. Kind of mixed bags. But also not great. Right. And Luther would say, yeah, we're saints and sinners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We we get it right. And we're also living in a world in which we routinely get it wrong. Right. Um, this is definitely off topic, off topic, but this is one of the problems that I have with like the papacy and the Pope oh. is like this idea that like the Pope is somehow and like the, and they don't elevated. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah. the Catholic teaching is not that the Pope is <clears throat> what's the word for not making mistakes ineffable. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the word. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, the teaching is not that way, but the, the, the culture around the culture it, around it, it is that, grown like, into that oh, yeah. I mean, the Pope never yeah. makes a mistake or never right. does. And you look at history and you're like, man, Pope's led crusades. Right. Like, <laughs> Popes were not all great. Right. Popes were super corrupt. Popes right. like ripped people off and right. changed rules to like satisfy their own things. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Which is not to say that that's like, it, it's just, it's part of human nature, right? It's just very human. Well, yeah. yeah right. they're, they're just it's people. Yeah. So when we look at our leaders, when we look mm-hmm. at our biblical authors, when we look at Paul, like, yeah, they are, they're human beings. Mm-hmm. They are not uh, any closer to godliness than we were. Right. They're simply trying to convey uh, the truth of God that they see in their life. And sometimes they get that wrong. Yeah. Right. Um, but at other points, like what they're saying is really important yeah. and really valuable yeah. for us. And um, that's going to be, uh, it's not an excuse for, you know, our leaders today to make bad choices, mm, right? No. Like you, we should be striving to be better, right. um, but we're all ultimately all going to still be saints and sinners yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Sometimes sinners first. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> probably, statistically. Statistically <laughs> speaking, it's likely way. that, yeah. yeah. All right, we've been going for a while. We have, yes. We're sorry. All good stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not yeah. sorry. This was great. Yeah. I think this I'm was a fun episode. I'm sorry If you're still with us, Out there. we love you. Thank you for yeah. being here. Yeah. Paul loves you. And uh, yeah, faith alone. You do not have to be circumcised to believe in Jesus. If you have a strong opinion about circumcision, we don't, don't really send it. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, if you uh, do have uh, thoughts on this episode, if you got a favorite letter of Paul's or yeah. uh, something else that you would uh, like to hear about, as we, if you, oh, maybe if you have a question about like I've read this part of Paul and we really mm-hmm. want to get into it, uh, yeah. send that in to beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. We would love uh, to kind of answer questions as we go through Paul because I think uh, Elise is right. Paul comes with uh, some baggage and yep. we should address that as we go forward. And maybe there's some baggage for you that we can help unpack. And maybe we'll find out that that baggage is even messier than we realized. Or maybe we'll uh, roll it up all nice and neat and you'll never know the TSA was in your bag at all. Um, who knows? That's even creepier. <laughs> Usually they leave a note. Do they? <laughs> yeah. I don't know the that. The TSA, whatever, 
I don't know that check. I've ever gotten a note, so maybe I've never gotten searched, or maybe, maybe you they haven't. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just always assume that they're looking through my you bag. Clearly, you're not traveling with bags of pancake mix. <laughs> Do you often? Pa- <laughs> I okay, several that's times. that's yeah. a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. If you liked this episode or any of our other uh, yeah. biblical episodes, you can go back first Monday of every month beyond Sundaypodcast.com. You can find those. Uh, we've worked through the whole narrative section, so go mm. back and trace those down, and then come back and join us next month, where we will uh, for sure uh, be back in the Bible again, probably back with some more of Paul's letters. And next week, Elise and I will be back uh, for week three without Senor Patrick. Uh, and you know, crazy. Yeah, we'll just keep rocking it on yeah. our own. Maybe we'll never let him come back. Just change the lock on the door. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week on Beyond Sunday. <laughs>